Hello and welcome to another exciting instalment of Trans Uncensored, the podcast so transparent that you can see everything, just all the naughty bits, all the way down. I'm your host, Verity Ritchie, which is actually Latin for My Father Never Loved Me. Today I'm joined once again by my dear friend Kitty on the phone. Um, Kitty, could you uh, describe your naked body to us? <laughs> my naked body, ooh, wow. Well, why do you want to know? I don't know how to describe my, my naked body to you. Just the freckles, to be honest. Just where are the freckles? Yeah, I got lots of them. I have, like, quite some pores over my chest. And then, like, careless, you know, belly. And then... I'm really... I really appreciate your commitment to this uh, <laughs> this stupid question I asked. How, how, what, how would you describe your body? Oh well, no, I don't. I don't really have a body anymore. I actually, <laughs> I traded it in for some chocolate and some very rare Pokemon cards. You know, the shiny ones. That's yeah. That's amazing. You know. So today, Kitty and I are going to be talking about. Um, body image. I think in the trans community, we spend a lot of time talking about gender dysphoria um, and and a lot of time talking about whether or not you're required to have um, gender dysphoria in order to count as a trans person. But I think we don't spend too much time talking about body dysmorphia, which I think I'm a little bit surprised by because I find that body image is something really hard to deal with. So Kitty, could you tell us what the difference is between body dysmorphia and dysphoria? So gender dysphoria is um, when you feel a difference between your body, um, the uh, actually the gender you were assigned at birth, and um, the way you perceive your gender, so your gender identity. And body dysmorphia is when people view their their bodies a certain way in a false image and it isn't even it isn't true so i think what's a little bit tricky about this topic is um for instance if you have body dysmorphia uh, and you see yourself as being like very a very large woman yeah um the social standards for what a woman is Mm -hmm. kind of dictates that women must be petite to some degree at least more more petite than the average man and what i find a little bit difficult about this is how like for me i i kind of see myself as being massive and Mm -hmm. but i think a lot of like big cis girls Mm -hmm. will also feel the same way yeah and that can influence body dysmorphia for them um Mm -hmm. but when it comes to transitioning that like where where is the line because I I don't want to be big because I don't want to look like a guy. So it it is sort of gender dysphoria for me, but at the same time, it's dysmorphia, or it would be just dysmorphia if I was a girl, a cis girl. So like if a cisgender girl feels like that she's too big or her boobs are too, too small, mm. is that gender dysphoria or is that body dysmorphia, you know? I I have honestly I have no idea, but I feel like body dysmorphia is is a thing where you you just spend hours and hours thinking about about it. Um, so yeah, if you're if you're or you know assigned a gender and if you feel like a 
tall person and want to be a petite person because of what society tells you. Because the current beauty standards say women are small, right? So I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Would you be happy with any woman's body? Is it enough to just look like a woman? Yeah. I would be happy. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I would be happy with any anybody. Um, it, that was that was assigned female at birth. Yeah, I would. Mm-hmm. I I feel like that would help me so much in um, the perception of my body, like my own and other people's. I can have like cosmetic procedures done, but I would have less cosmetic procedures as an already assigned woman at birth, right? And yeah, I do, for the record, I do have gender dysphoria. And it's really this thing that actually makes me feel ugly. And if I were already having, you know, everything that is associated with women, body-wise, I feel like I would have less troubles. How would would you? Well, uh, for me, I I have been on estrogen for about four years, mm. and I have a more womanly body now than I ever did before. Yeah, but like I said, I think I'm massive, and I kind of hate that about myself. I hate that I'm I'm so tall. I hate that I'm so broad and wide. But is that associate? You know, is that? Because you feel like you would be clocked looking so tall. Yeah, I I used to, when before I transitioned, I really went into this whole, like, I don't want to care about what people think of my body mm-hmm. and what they think of me. And I want to just, like, dress and look how I want. So I, like, I decided to not shampoo my hair anymore and I had this like matted dirty hair and <laughs> and like and I always had like a like scruffy facial hair yeah and although I hated my body hair I grew it out and I wore just like ratty ridiculous clothing and I was like I don't give a shit what people think about me but now that I've transitioned I still to some degree that's just part of who I am this like fuck the world I don't care I'm not gonna do things the way that you want me to because you know I'm a 15 year old punk at heart but living as a woman, I, I can't do these things. Like, the more I let myself go, the more that I avoid um, sort of these social clues um, that indicate my gender, um, the more likely I am to be seen as, as a man or as a trans person. And, like, often I don't, I don't really want people to... No, I'm trans. Yeah, I'm, I yeah. want trans people to know I'm trans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want cis people to know I'm trans. Yeah. You know when you see like I, sometimes this happens very rarely, but sometimes I like see another trans person, and I'll be like, I'll be like looking at her, and I'm like, hey girl, what's up? And then she will feel like I'm staring at her for creepy reasons, and I'm like, mm. no, I'm saying hi, you know. Um, and so I, I, I really want trans people to know I'm trans, but cis people, I don't really want them to, to know. I don't think it's any of their business. I want them to fuck off. I mean, it, it, it creates this unpleasant, you know, atmosphere if in regards, you know, cis versus trans, there, there will always be 
the the discussion about about your body and do you, do you wanna do you have the energy to talk about it do you have the energy to baby them about what trans means and yeah cis people get a little bit weird um about this stuff i i was recently at a party um several months ago where a, a girl knew that i or a woman knew that i was trans yeah so like i think she knew through family friends or whatever and or maybe because i just looked like a manly giant drag queen um it's hard to tell really um But she just came up to me at one point after she'd had a few drinks and told me she just wanted to let me know how brave I was for being who I was. And, like, obviously what she meant was it's very brave for me to... <sighs> okay, like, the the cynic in me is, is, is thinking, like, oh, it's very brave of you to wear a dress even though you're clearly a man. That's, like, the cynical part of me yeah, and the self-hating yeah, part yeah. and, like, the dysmorphic dysphoric part of me believes that was what she was trying to say but i think possibly on the other hand she just was very impressed by me being trans because it's very hard and she just wanted to let me know but it, it triggered a lot of um unpleasant feelings for me and also made me feel a little bit objectified like she she didn't really think of me as anything more than being trans she didn't know anything about me except mm. that i was trans and she wanted to give me a pat on the back for that and i found that quite condescending Um, of course yeah but it it really it and I had felt beautiful that night mm. I just felt like I felt gorgeous and I felt so good mm -hmm. and and then at the end of the night this feeling of like huh after all this after feeling so great and feeling pretty and wonderful to be reminded that just maybe I look like a man in a dress that I look like the drag queen of the party. Mm. Oh, it just made me feel, it made me feel awful. So I don't really want cis people to, <laughs> cis people are weird. <laughs> They yeah, get weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'd rather just like avoid that altogether. And I'd rather, I think there's a weird social dynamic where like, obviously they are the normal ones and I'm the abnormal one. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't want them to have that sense. I want them to see me for who I am. But yeah, being like, being big, um, I don't know, one thing, like, before I transitioned, I've always been very insecure about my rib cage. <laughs> mm. So I have a, like, I don't have, I don't know, my rib cage is quite wide. And people have pointed this out to me before, but like, years and years ago, two women told me, well, you know, you shouldn't be so skinny because you have a wide rib cage, so it's clearly not made for a skinny person, so you're too skinny for your rib cage. And... That was pretty upsetting. What? Um, What? Even? And I always carried that with me. This, they, I just carried with me this like sense of like, okay, I have a fucked up body. Okay, that sucks. But I just, I guess, I have to come to terms with it. And but now, I still, I still see that. And like, and I want to be pretty and I want to be sexy. But like, I just have this broad rib cage, which makes me feel like I am just bigger and broader than any cis woman could be. And I think that whether or not. I were a cis man or a cis woman, I would feel self-conscious about the, this element of myself. But now, having transitioned, there is this extra added layer of, like, does this increase how ugly I am as a woman? And I don't want to be... I don't want to be an ugly woman. Um, I don't know, you, you were saying, like, well, if you were, like, born a cis woman, you could get cosmetic surgery. So I feel like... Maybe you don't want to be an ugly woman either. No, of right? course not. Of course not. <laughs> Who wants to be ugly, you know? No, um, 
This reminds me of 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 um, a video from Contrapoints, this famous YouTuber, and she did this part on beauty, uh, saying how she actually, you know, she wants to be beautiful. That's that's the the main point of it all. Because as she continues, she she says. My desires to feel female, to look feminine, to look beautiful are not exactly the same, but they're woven together so tightly that it's kind of difficult to untangle them. And the opposite is also true, that for me, feeling mannish or dysphoric usually goes along with feeling ugly. The truth is, I don't just want to look female, I want to be beautiful. Um, and she continues, I still don't feel beautiful and I need to face the fact that I'm never going to feel beautiful unless I change the way I think. I think I need to start by forgiving myself for wanting to be beautiful. For one, beauty is associated with youth. It's a symbol of life, of a defiance of death. Beauty is also associated with moral worth, the beautiful princess versus the evil hack. There's studies showing that conventionally attractive people are more likely to be assumed to be happy, healthy, and trustworthy. They're more likely to be hired. And we know that beauty is power, beauty is political. And then she continues. We know that our obsession of beauty is being provoked by advertising, the cosmetic industry, and the beauty influencers who are trying to sell us products. I'm aware that conventional beauty standards are racist, sexist, ableist, fatphobic, transphobic, social construct, designed to preserve power relations and sell products. But does that awareness mean I desire any less to be conventionally beautiful? I couldn't agree more, honestly. I often feel pressure when it comes to activism to to sort of um, be the change you want to see in the world. And I want to be sort of like, if I can be comfortable with being ugly, sort of that's activism in its own right, in a way, you know, that's sort of anti-beauty standards. Um, but it's just, it's so hard. And and I feel like I'm sacrificing my happiness mm-hmm. for like activist theory way too often. I just like abuse myself for the sake of trying to reach some kind of like moral purity. So I just end up fucking miserable. Yeah, it's, it, I feel like it's one of the hardest things to do because at the end of the day, it's how you view, you know, yourself, it's your body image. And that influences a lot of how you perceive yourself and how others perceive you. Do you think you could ever be happy being ugly? No. Because it's, it's something that society tells you, right? It's something that, that is perceived by society and it gives like these instructions and like there are like unseen laws to it and you know if you're ugly and ugly is something bad right um so i would always know i'm ugly and i would always then feel like i'm less than and would i want that for the rest of my life no definitely not you know, I used to, before I transitioned, when I was a hairy, hairy man ape, um, <laughs> I I would often sort of be told, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if often is the right word, but I would occasionally be told, like, 
that people fell for me for my personality and it, it wasn't about my looks and like and gay men would be like huh even though you're a, a hairy man beast I I find you strangely attractive and it was like could you just be nice about my body like because <laughs> I wanted to feel attractive but like weirdly I mean I guess it's nice to have like a personality that's attractive supposedly or attractive to some people um but at the same time I, I really I craved um, approval in terms of my physical appearance. And now I, I'm i not really dating so much um, over the last several years. Um, but I'm on all the dating apps. Of course I'm on all the dating apps. Um, because at heart, deep down, I'm still that slutty bisexual um, I was born as. But I find like men on dating apps, when you're a girl they're just quite obnoxious and they're just their standards are just completely absent i think men on dating apps they're messaging every single girl whether they're like a straight guy or a chaser or whatever they are they message every single girl trans or cis and or or they swipe which which direction right they swipe right on us and then they don't care about who you are they didn't read your profile but they hoped that you would swipe right on them too because they just have no standards and they just like are hoping that any girl will be into them. So I feel, it makes me feel quite objectified in a weird way, which doesn't feel flattering. Like I, it doesn't make me feel particularly beautiful, but it, it, I guess it, it makes me feel sort of aligned with my gender. Cause it's like, Oh, that's nice. You're objectifying me in a shitty way that, that women are usually objectified with. But I, I find myself now, having having got my titties out um, enough times that I want someone to be attracted to my personality again. <laughs> and it's been a while since like someone new came along and was just like, wow, your personality is so sexy. <laughs> you know, um, Th- that is very attractive. You know, personality is attractive, like self-confidence is super attractive. But, you know, where does self-confidence come from? <laughs> One of yeah. one of the thing is, you, you know how how you how you feel in your own body. So yeah, and I, gosh, I don't know. You know what I really want from? I mean, I have a wonderful partner, um, and we're polyamorous, so we're open to other relationships. And what I would really want from a new relationship, as much as I want to attract like a sexy, gorgeous person, what I want. That more than that possibly is for that sexy person to be totally okay with me never shaving my fucking legs. Yeah. 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 So uh, being ugly, I think being ugly would feel like freedom in some ways. Cause once the pressure's off, the pressure's off. Like you don't have to be like a nice looking ugly person. <laughs> once you're <laughs> ugly, there, there are a lot of social pressures that I imagine would be taken off you. And I think from what I've read, a lot of much older women kind of feel a relief at being at an age, which is no longer considered attractive because now they just get to be an old woman and do whatever they want um, without those pressures anymore. And that sounds very appealing as well in some ways. Um, And I say this now, but as soon as someone is attracted to my personality and my hairy legs, I will be desperate to get my titties out again and find someone who just um, wants me for my body. I feel like if you if you own your personal aesthetics, if you have, you know, a certain style that you can, that you pull off and it works for you and you feel confident in it, I feel like that 
that that is a, a big solution to to um like beauty standards and feeling ugly and um it would also then change like how people perceive you and how you perceive other people do you have the same body standards for yourself as a man as you do for yourself as a woman like i honestly i feel like gender is such a bullshit thing right and there were there were times that i didn't feel so much as a woman but more as someone without a gender and i could pull off you know shaving my my hair like buzz it all off go to body pump and like look a certain way because i i felt like i didn't even care i still have those like i don't care moments but you know percentage wise i feel like they're they're like 10% of the time i feel that way like whatever i can you know i can be muscly and still feminine what's wrong with that you know <laughs> but that that isn't a very common view on on uh the female gender <laughs> So yeah, I have I have some difficulties there, but ultimately someday I just want to to have those 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 perceptions like erased that I don't I will not feel um silly being more muscly or you know, having a more bold <laughs> hat and still feel, you know, as a woman. Yeah, I think it helps sometimes to see women in the media who embody particular features that that we do and still see them as beautiful. Like yeah. really tall actresses, you yeah. know. Yeah. Representation yeah. really matters in in this regard, you know. Uh see yeah. seeing cuz honestly, you know, the most of my time when when I feel shit is when I compare myself to others. Mm. And then I I'm very I go very mad if cis man looks so dainty and cute and you know they oh, they God. they identify as cis and they look yeah, can so we talk feminine. About Troy Sivan. <laughs> Honestly, like, like he looks fuck Troy beautiful. Sivan. He looks beautiful to me. He's like beautiful as a man and as a woman. Exactly, exactly. He you know the the I feel like gender doesn't apply to you know yeah i think that's the kind of androgyny that gives you like such freedom to it just gives you sort of, superpowers you wear different clothes yeah. yeah it gives you superpowers like you wear slightly different clothes and then you can choose your gender for the day yeah and that's the kind of i think so many trans people of all varieties kind of wish we had that that kind of androgyny and also and also to feel feel good in that androgyny you know to not question to not go outside and and question yourself oh and be like scared and be like oh how does that person perceive me now will will they you know be aggressive towards me cuz they think i'm a um, man in a dress or something right it's mm. it's that real confidence that these people have um but anyway even even seeing Realization in in trans women, you know, 
There's my all-time favorite, my love, Hunter Schaffer, which starred recently in, in the series Euphoria. And oh, like she she looks like a goddess to me. I want to, you know, I want that body. I want to be like her. Or India Moore, who who stars in, in Pose. I mean they look beautiful. <laughs> they have everything I don't. <laughs> so yeah, see, seeing, seeing, you know, all these people and comparing myself to them makes me feel absurdly ugly. Because, yeah. you know, I, I feel like I will never achieve that, that kind of beauty. And it, it really, it's a suffocating feeling. Yeah. Um, I feel like if, if I could feel like I had something else that valued me as a person, like I had some talent or skill that made me more valuable as a person, I think I would be less, I'd feel less pressured when it comes to my physical appearance, but I don't, I don't feel like anything else makes me particularly valuable in this world. So the least I could do is be... Petite. <laughs> um. Well, now you know. This is just you, you see how how body bodies really influence um, our self worth. So yeah, this is why whenever I feel ugly, I don't want to talk about it. I I just want to let the day go go by, and um, hope that. The next morning, I will not feel that way. I will find at least something that keeps me up, right? Because the amount of um, self-loading that that is collected in me is just unbearable. Which, okay, Mm -hmm. you know, if other people say I'm beautiful or I'm pretty or, you know, how my hair is gorgeous, how my skin is soft and all these lovely things, which are nice, obviously, but at the end of the day, you still it's still you who has this body and who judges it and perceives it. Yeah, I, I, I don't take compliments very, very easily. And I tend to, the voice in my head reasons, like finds a reason as to why that compliment is bullshit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, oh, that person just thinks that because they're my friend. <laughs> yeah. And, like, they wouldn't think it otherwise. Sometimes it's almost like they're putting you down, right? Like, oh, you poor soul, you know. But you are so beautiful. <laughs> Why are you so <laughs> At worried? least you have nice hair. Yeah, you know. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, and uh, th- yeah, that's a weird thing to be complimented on something like, "Oh, you have pretty hair," and I'm like, oh, "Yeah, I guess," <laughs> but the rest of me is a hideous monster. I use the word "monster" for myself quite a lot, and I, I did, I think I always have. Like, I remember being a teenager and feeling like, like I had this strong sense that I was a monster. I identified very strongly with the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> um, <laughs> this idea of being like this hideous thing that 
desperately wants to be loved, but yeah. like, how can someone ever love you? Except you hope that they might love something about you on the inside, because yeah. how could anyone ever love you on the outside? Um, I still identify with that, and I feel more than ever um, being trans that like socially, I am a monster, and people may, uh, f- for various reasons, uh, be an ally to my monstrosity and may want to to some degree take pity on me or sort of performatively talk about what a great trans ally they are. Um, but overall I'll always, I feel that I'll always be, uh, just a freak and. Gosh, I'm so, I'm so sorry. Yeah. This this is (laughs) for anyone who's listening, (laughs) you know, we are not perfect people. So (laughs) we have our own demons as he, as you can tell. Um, but yeah, I feel like this is such a, such an illness of society, you know, it, it always tells us how we should look like and how we should act and how we should, you know, exist. Yeah. Sometimes I, I do feel beautiful. Right. But those are like little moments little you know things like i'll feel cute and that's like amazing um but staying in that in that state is the hardest thing because you will always check for flaws for you know or like someone will 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 comment on something that you might be conscious about and that will ruin your mood um like for me it's it's mostly my mother if for example i feel beautiful with long hair my mother would sometimes say oh you look you know why why are you so trying so hard to to look like a girl it isn't a good look on you um just keep it like mid mid kind of range um like a you know bob cut or something um and that really gets me down right because i feel like even if i don't want her opinion to influence me that much it still kind of does because i you know i lived with her for the majority of my life it's just it's also just not a very loving thing to do and of anyone who loves not. you wouldn't tell you that they dislike something about you that makes you happy i mean you would hope that that would be the case like it 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 shouldn't matter how like what other people think about your hair if your hair makes you happy the way it is that that's how it should be exactly or like you know the clothes you wear or if if you if you want to go have a cosmetic procedure done you know and kind of feel beautiful through that um if if people comment on it you will you will ultimately feel a bit shit (laughs) i think when it comes to um cosmetic procedures i it's a it's it's a difficult especially being trans it's tricky Mm -hmm. right because many trans people do want cosmetic procedures and how many do you have to get to the point where you pass completely and then do you just stop there 
because I I've seen trans people who don't just stop there. Mm. I there was one um, trans YouTuber who she had a somewhat unique face, but like incredibly beautiful, really really gorgeous. I'm not going to say who it was, but she was incredibly gorgeous. And then she had worked on her face, and she just became plain like she just looked like every other girl and she was still beautiful I guess but that like uniqueness that made her herself and just like look different but still so beautiful from the other women that that was gone um and I think as trans people it's it it's gonna be hard for all of us to to get to the point where we go this is it I'm now perfect I don't need to have any other surgeries done any other this that or the other done um I I, I'm trying to get rid of as much of my body hair as possible, but at the same time, I don't want to do that because like, at, at heart, I'm still like a feminist and I just like, and, and part of, there's like a symbolic element of body hair to me. And as much as I, I don't like the body hair and I've always been somewhat uncomfortable with it, there's, it has this symbolic meaning where I kind of want to keep it. I, I never shave my armpits. I'm keeping my armpit hair. That has like a feminist symbolic meaning to me. It, that's very personal and and I want it. But at the same time, oh, if I got rid of it, <laughs> I would be prettier. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. That, that's... And, and like when it comes to my leg hair, like cis women tend to have less leg hair on their thighs. Mm-hmm. But like... I have more leg hair on my thighs. So like, do I want to just get rid of the leg hair on my thighs and have like lower leg hair? Is that a little bit ridiculous? And should I just go ahead and get rid of all of it if I'm just going to shave it every summer anyway? Um, I don't know. I don't know how far to go. And like, and at what point does it stop being about my gender and just start being about how scared I am to be ugly? Yeah, yeah. That It's, it's the same for me. I mean, I had laser hair removal, um, uh, electro-needling hair removal. Uh, I uh, did a CO2 laser to um, get softer skin, um, get rid of my acne scars. And currently, uh, I would love to do anti-androgens to lower my, um, my body hair and to stop kind of the masculinization feature featuring of my body and at this point i kind of would like would like to read the study so it's titled body image concern and gender identities between transgender and cisgender persons from iran and it's this article featured in journal of sex and marital therapy The concept of body image is something beyond just the perception of body. It contains attitudes, experiences, and perceptions associated with one's physical appearance based on self-observation and others' reactions. Eating disorders caused by body dissatisfaction usually manifest as a desire for weight loss in trans women and a desire to gain weight in trans men. This could be seen as a way to suppress the physical characteristics of one's birth assigned gender and better present those of the preferred gender identity. Studies which have examined body satisfaction in different treatment stages of gender dysphoria have shown that gender confirmation treatments, including hormone therapy and sex reassignment surgery, 
have been effective in increasing body image satisfaction. Many studies have compared body satisfaction between trans women and trans men groups and report a difference in dissatisfaction intensity and type between the two groups. As for dissatisfaction type, homosexual and bisexual trans women were more likely to have body dissatisfaction and eating disorders, while homosexual and bisexual trans men had less body dissatisfaction. In trans women, body concern was mostly related to their voice and hair, while in trans men it was re related to their muscularity and posture. Trans women checked their bodies more often, and unlike trans men, hormone therapy was effective on their body image satisfaction. Our findings show that body image concern was significantly higher in transgender participants compared to cisgender participants. And these scores were especially higher in trans women compared to other, to other groups. It seems that body image concern persists in transgender persons even after hormone th therapy and gender confirming surgeries, and also the amount of time elapsed from sex reassignment surgery had no impact on their BECI score, which stands for the body image concern inventory. It's 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 this kind of method about measuring how they uh, see their gender. Anyway, the stress that transgender persons experience drives from social stigma. Body satisfaction increases with increased social acceptance in transgender persons. According to these, it is possible that the highest scores of trans transgender persons in body dissatisfactions uh, is due to the distress and fear of non-acceptance and stigmatization from society. Moreover, the different scores between trans women and trans men could be attributed to the fact that in most cultures, femininity has a lower status compared to masculinity. On the other hand, body image concern scores were significantly higher in participants with feminine gender identity compared to other gender identities. Despite all social advancements that women have had, being judged by their appearance is still one of their many concerns. Uh, trans men, more than trans women, tend to have non-traditional or non-binary identities. And the identity which the person specifi specifies for him herself influences his her body image and bodily preferences to a large extent. This could indicate that trans women have a strong inclination to describe their feminine characteristics and might even ex exaggerate in doing so. It seems that it may be harder for trans women to believe they are perceived as female by others. So it's hard for trans women, body acceptance. Yeah, it, it definitely And is. it's very socially... It's very socially based, yeah. whether or not society will accept us. I, I feel that very strongly. And yeah. I've often wondered if if society were to accept us more easily and quickly and without any kind of bullshit, um, then would we just be more comfortable with our bodies? Would we want to have as many like surgeries and procedures and, and hormones? Like, would If I had been able to 
change my gender socially without any judgment, would I have felt the same pressure to to transition physically? Yeah, I feel I feel the same way. So a lot of my and the people that I hang with, my friends know about me, right? I'm I, I'm out to them as trans. But, you know, to the general public, I'm obviously not. And I also appear more like a man than I do as a woman. People sometimes get confused about about my gender. And that that kind of makes me really joyous. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, but if, if it would be, you know, socially acceptable for trans people to, you know, basically exist, <laughs> we wouldn't worry about, you know, medically transitioning or how we, you know, we view our bodies. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine for some people, um, it because this isn't my experience, but I think for some people, this experience seems to be very real, that like, they feel like they, they need those surgeries, they need their their body not to align just with a gender, but with like their self-perception of of their body in some way. And so they'll need bottom surgery and they'll need top surgery. Um, and, it, and it isn't related necessarily to pressures of like um, gendered body image necessarily. Um, I, I can't relate to that experience in the same way because I, I feel very much that a lot of the changes I feel for me, gender is gender is bullshit it's it doesn't feel like a tangible thing except in that society treats me a certain way based on how they perceive my gender so to to be a woman and to be respected fully as a woman because I don't think as a trans woman I'm respected in the same way so to be respected fully as a woman I need to look good (laughs) I need to be pretty Mm -hmm. I need to be skinny um yeah, and I hate yeah. this shit. Yeah, <laughs> I hate this, sh- and I hate that I like. I hate that I feel so much pressure to be skinny, and I and I'm like I'm so self conscious about putting on any weight whatsoever. And like as a feminist, I'm I'm like I'm like more power to you for having whatever body you have. You should feel sexy and beautiful, and there are always people who will appreciate your body no matter what size it is. Because honestly, even though men are supposed to prefer skinny women, they fucking don't. Like some do, and that's fine. But like men don't really want what they're supposed to want like socially i think um but like the feminist in me wants to yeah just wants to say fuck it but like i'm so scared about not being skinny enough and take god and like taking up too much physical space yeah yeah i feel i feel the same way i feel like it's a beauty standards that makes us fat phobic and you know i like i would never call another woman a monster or even see another woman as like a monster that's just for me i am the monster i am the fucking creature from the black lagoon um (laughs) and i do not consider i do not hold anyone else to the standards that i hold myself to oh yeah we we are the worst judges of our own beauty standards that's for sure yeah and i'm like all other women are queens every woman on this earth is a beautiful fucking queen and then i'm like well except for me but it's fine don't worry i'm a hideous fucking monster but no one no one worry about that it's fine we're just gonna ignore that for the record okay listeners i feel like we are quite 
beautiful so <laughs> so you know listeners will not 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 be like oh what are these two hideous trans women talking about right hex yeah i guess so <laughs> so much of it is like how we we talk about ourselves right like it it does hurt me to say these bad things about myself and it hurts even when i just say it inside my head but it's the self-loathing that makes me think yeah. that I deserve that kind exactly. of abuse. Exactly. So what should we do to fix it? <laughs> How do we feel better, Kitty? Well, my, my partner always says, you've got two options. You either change it or you accept it. Um, and I often feel like I get stuck in the middle where I like refuse to accept it. But I also, I'm not going to work out. <laughs> I don't exercise, <laughs> so like I'm not going to change it. But like, I'm also not doing anything about it to accept it, and and that's a problem. But I, I guess I think these probably are your realistic options. You know, mm. I think speaking more positively about yourself, even in a joking way, mm. like just even to even if you just say, "Oh yes, well I'm amazing, so thank you for the compliment. I am incredibly beautiful, and I deserved it." You know, even saying that as a joke doesn't. You know, it won't feel bad in the way that criticizing yourself will, where you're like, oh, no, I look ugly today. Um, and that constant, that inner monologue of, of self-hatred. And, you know, I used to, when I moved from Texas to England, we didn't have any mirrors for a few weeks. That's amazing. I felt amazing. so good about myself. Yeah. I felt so fucking good about myself. Um, the less I can see myself, the better. I think probably in the, this time of uh, coronavirus quarantine, uh, we're all on Skype and Zoom and Facebook Messenger video chat a, a, lot, a lot more. And we all have these little images of ourselves for like an hour that we're just staring at. In the, I, and I see everyone doing it. Everyone has a little peek every every minute or so at themselves, right? Um, oh, I constantly, <laughs> I constantly do that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think maybe it, it's probably helpful to, to minimise that so you're spending less time, because the lighting is always terrible and it's like up your nose. And um, yeah, no, I, I uh, that's, what, that's probably as bad as mirrors in some way, except the pixelation makes your skin look great. You oh, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like any time I'm worried about like, my complexion, I'm like, yeah. it'll be good on Skype. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I found this, I found this, uh, post, um, that says the whole self-love thing is good and all, but some people can't fathom being loved. They can't imagine there being anything good about them. So they can't simply just stop doing unhealthy things. There's a process. And this other person uh, replies and says, before self-love, you have to invoke self-tolerance and self-neutrality. If you can't say, I love my body, say my body gets me from place to place. If you can't say I'm beautiful, begin by shutting down the I'm ugly thoughts and saying I'm a person. If you can't say I'm valuable, begin by shutting down the, the I'm worthless thoughts and say all people deserve basic respect and I'm a person. If you can't say I'm important or I'm kind, say I'm the one who waters my plants every week, or I'm the one who tips the kind barista down the street, or I'm the one who makes sure my dog's dog, dog does not eat plastic, and so on. Yeah, that's really, 
That's really nice. Although I do get quite anxious that when I do say nice things about myself or express liking myself in any way, that I'll be judged as narcissistic for it. And I don't know to what, to what degree that is irrational. I'm just a person with anxiety for sure. Um, but sometimes I think people don't want you to like yourself. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, which makes it hard to, so, I mean, but I, I would, I would say yes to the, to those quotes, but all the way, like everyone do that. <laughs> but then again, this voice inside of me makes me anxious about doing it. And, and yeah, I guess that's where the way you have to, um, stop and say, okay, if I hold this standard for everyone else, then that's the standard I need to hold for myself as well. And that's maybe the trickiest thing is when you, you would call yourself a monster, but no one else on the planet. So, so maybe you're holding yourself to an unreasonable standard and it's time to recognize that, that you're being a bit unreasonable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So for anyone out there who's listening, um, please remember to be kind to yourself, um, treat yourself the way that you would treat others. Um, be kind to yourself the way that you would be kind to others. Okay, well, that is all we have time for today. Um, thank you so much for joining me again, Kitty. Of course, anytime. If you'd like to get in touch, you can uh, find us at thequartier.org. Um, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.